We'll go ahead and take your Bibles tonight and go to 1 Corinthians. We're going to start out tonight. 1 Corinthians. Last Sunday morning, I took a real ugly swipe at a book. Uh, Dispensational truth. I was. I, I kept talking about how bad that book was and how um, it's. There's a lot of false teaching in there that's, I believe, leading people astray in a lot of areas. And but I didn't get any. I didn't really give any specifics. I just took an ugly swipe at it and just kind of illustrating something. But I wanted tonight to cover uh, why I have a problem with this and why what is being taught there is wrong and. I was talking with Brother Pete about this a little before the message, but you know, have you ever, when maybe when you were younger, you told a lie, and to cover for that lie, you had to tell another lie. And you know, maybe the first lie you told, it wasn't even that bad of a lie, it wasn't that big of a deal, but then, you know, you had to tell the next lie, and then before you know it, you've got all these lies that you've told, just trying to cover for this one little thing that wasn't that big of a deal. And I believe that's what's happened when it comes to a lot of the false teaching that's creeping into Baptist churches, and some of it, I guess, has been around for a long time, but at the same time, it's like they wanted to hold on to a false doctrine, and it's now especially many Baptists who've, you know, I don't think for the most part most Baptists ever bought into all this stuff, but now it's like they're all turning to this because they're being challenged when it comes to a lot of prophecy things, and they're finding out what they've been teaching is not true and they've got to figure out how we're going to cover for this because we can't change our position. We've got to cover for it. So they're all, instead of going into the Scriptures, they're going into this book, other book trying to cover. And as a result of it, they're starting to get in some of the bigger lies that are taught in there. Some of the stuff's pretty innocent, but some of it's really bad. I mean, really bad. And, I'm going to, and I want to cover some of these things, but what I'm seeing happening all the time is whenever people are called out um, on their prophecy, one of the things they'll say, you know, they've said, people have said this to me, is that you don't understand dispensationalism. And I, I don't like to talk about myself, but listen, I understand dispensationalism very well. I've, I've, read, I've read through this book probably twice. Um, I've read through this one. It's a Tim LaHaye one. I've read through this one a couple times. That is basically, he gives a lot of credit for his work in here to this book right here. I mean, he's basically, you know, teaching the same thing and he admits it. And so, um, I've read, the, I've read other books on the subject. I have read many books about the rapture that, where they use dispensational truth to try to prove their point. And I'm telling you, it does not line up with the, it does not line up with the Bible at all. And I, and so, what I want to talk about tonight is the real dispensational truth. Because people say you don't believe in dispensation, you know, you don't believe in dispensations? That word's in the Bible. Well, I do believe in dispensational truth, I guess you could say, according to what the Bible teaches about dispensations. But I don't believe what this book teaches here at all. Not, not one bit. And so what we're going to do first, we are going to read all the mentions of dispensations in the Bible. And we're going to use the Bible to, deter, uh, to define what dispensationalism is. Because what many people are doing, they're saying that throughout the ages, God has had different plans. There has been different ways of salvation. And even in the future, during the tribulation, there's going to be another way of salvation. It's going to be faith plus works that you have to endure to the end to be saved. And I'm going to show you, I mean, a super easy way to prove how false that is. Salvation has always been by grace through faith always since the beginning of time, but I'm going to show you how dispensationalism or the word dispensation should be defined after we read the scriptures. Let's see what the Bible says about it and then decide what that word means. So look at first Corinthians chapter nine and verse 16. It says, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. What is my reward then? Verily, that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. 
For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak I became as weak, I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. So right here we see where Paul's talking about being made all things to all men. He's doing this because he's trying to get people saved. So everybody he goes to, you know, he's, you could say, living like them without breaking any of the laws to God. You know, them that are without law, I'm living like I'm without law, yet not without a law unto God. Okay, he was not violating any commands of the Bible in order to win people to Christ, but he's just basically saying, I am, you know, living in a manner, you know, uh, to, so I can get to these people. I want to give them the gospel. And I want you to notice too, side note, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but all these groups he's talking about, and Jews are mentioned in there, he's trying to give them the gospel. Okay? One gospel, the same gospel. And he says a dispensation, all right, of the gospel is committed unto me. All right? So right, right there we see where that word is used. And so remember that passage and what we talked about. And then go to Ephesians chapter 1. Verse three. Let's let's read all these passages, and then I think we'll know what that word it means because we don't use that word that much in our normal speaking today. But Ephesians one verse three says, "Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love." having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. Okay, when did God plan all the things when it comes to about salvation? When did He choose all these things? It was before the foundation of the world. Okay, God has never changed His plan. God's had one plan from the beginning of time. Verse 6, "...to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved." in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him, in whom we have obtained and inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. So he mentions the dispensation of the fullness of time. Right before that, he mentioned how um, uh, he talked, he lost my spot, verse 9, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. From the beginning of time, God has had one plan to eventually save everybody through the work of Jesus Christ. But did everybody know about that? No. God revealed more and more of his plan as time went on. God only God only gave, you know, Abraham only knew a certain amount of the gospel. A certain dispensation or distribution had been given to him, but a lot more was given to the apostle Paul, wasn't it? We have more, we know more of God's will and God's plan than than Abraham did. But understand, it was always one plan that God had. It's just over time, God revealed more and more of it. So now look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. It says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words, talking about what we just read in chapter 1, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of man, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. If this mystery, if God's will 
was not made known in the past, okay, well, then that means that will was still there. That plan was still there. What Paul is talking about has always been around, but people didn't always know about it. In the past ages, they didn't understand it. Verse 6, um, or, um, yeah, it, was not, it was not made known. Let's read that verse again. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. And what is that will? What did they not know? They didn't know about verse 6 that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Whereof I am made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God. It's been hid from the beginning of the world. Y'all see that hid in God who created all things. By Jesus Christ, this plan, the gospel that we preach today has always been around since the very beginning of time. It's just man hasn't always known what we know and not everything about it was revealed. All right. And then finally, look at Colossians chapter one, look at Colossians chapter one. In verse 18, but he mentions there that it was God's plan from the beginning of the time that they didn't know about it in the Old Testament, that God was going to go to the Gentiles. The gospel was going to go to the Gentiles and they were going to receive the promises too. they were going to be one. It wasn't it wasn't just going to be Israel. God wanted the gospel to go to the Gentiles too. Colossians 1:18 says, and this is the and he is the head of the body of the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence, for it pleased the Father, that in him should all fullness dwell. Talking about Jesus Christ. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him, I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, Yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church." Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. So right there we see it again. This plan, this gospel, and in every one of these passages, the gospel is mentioned. And the gospel, the, the, the plan of salvation, the gospel of Jesus Christ has always been God's plan. It has always been God's plan for His Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this world to pay for the sins of all men. Not just to pay for the sins of the Jews, but to pay for the sins of the whole world. The Jews did not understand that. Now, we can, and you can go back, we can go back now, and we can look at, I mean, just verse after verse after verse in the Old Testament showing where God did, you could say, hint to the fact that He was going to go to the Gentiles. In some places, it's kind of spelled out but do you understand there were times that God would spell things out for them, but he didn't actually reveal it to them. They didn't have full understanding of it. There are some things, you know, you can you can share the gospel with somebody. You can show them what the Bible says. But if the Holy Spirit doesn't speak to their heart, if the Holy Spirit doesn't reveal the truth to them, they're not going to understand it. And so while the truth of the gospel that we preach today the gospel going to the Gentiles, while you can find Old Testament scriptures where it was spelled out, 
understand it was not revealed to them, even though God said it. Okay, But later, after the New Testament, God did reveal it. He made it clear. The apostles got it. They understood it. And then they started spreading the gospel to the Gentiles. And so the dispensation, it's basically, you know, a distribution. Uh, you know, we use the word dispenser sometimes. It was like God would give a part of the mystery of his will to people. He would give them a piece of the puzzle. And as time went on, he would add more detail to his plan. And then finally, you know, we have, you could say the full plan right now. There's still some things that are going to be revealed in the future about God and salvation when we, when we're raptured. But right now, this gospel that we preach is, a, is the same gospel that has always been preached. It was it, the, God's plan to go to the Gentiles to save the whole world through the work of Jesus Christ. It was always God's plan. It wasn't God's plan to just save the Jews, but then the Jews, they messed everything up. And because they messed everything up, God decided to go to the Gentiles. Okay? Yes, because they did not accept, the Gospel did go to the Gentiles, but do you understand that that was always God's intention? God knew that was going to happen. The Jews did not mess up God's plan. Okay? God's plan has always been the same. And so when I... If somebody tells me, you know, you don't believe in dispensation, well, yeah, I believe in dispensations, but in the biblical sense. That yes, not everybody knew the full plan. God revealed little by little what his plan was, what his will is over time. God did not change his plan. And everybody who's ever been saved, they got saved by grace through faith. Well, no, they, to get saved, you have to believe in the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. Well, yeah, we know that now. We understand that now. We've received that dispensation. We've received that knowledge. But do you understand back in the Old Testament, they didn't know necessarily about the Son of God. We can go back and look and see where God did kind of spell it out in some ways, but it was not revealed to them. They did not understand that. We say, you know, they, they were looking forward to a coming Messiah. Well, not really. You know, you, it's very clear they did not understand that, you know, they didn't, they weren't looking forward to a coming Messiah that was going to shed his blood for their sin. Well, if that was the case. Why didn't all of them expect Jesus to die for their sins? Listen, they got offended when Jesus came because in their minds, he was going to set up the kingdom right then. But no, that wasn't God's plan. And when it didn't happen the way they thought, they got mad and they killed him, which turned out was God's plan. But they, he hadn't revealed that to them yet. And so they were not looking forward to a coming Messiah that would shed his blood for their sin. So how did they get saved? Well, they believed God. Well, how did they show that they believed God? Well, they would sacrifice animals. Did sacrificing a lamb save Abel? No. We see in the New Testament, you know, that the blood of bulls and goats and all that, it can't save anybody. But why did Abel get saved? Well, he did believe God, didn't he? He was righteous. And because he believed God, he sacrificed the lamb. You know, because Abraham believed God, he went to that land that God had promised, not really knowing where he was going. He believed God. All right? he, he believed in Him the best he could with what he knew, with what God had given him. And for us today to say, well, I believe in God, I don't believe in Jesus Christ. Well, that makes no sense because we've received that dispensation we receive that dispensation we our distribution we know the truth and to reject that is to reject god and so you know a lot of the tricks that people use verbally to try to prove a different way of salvation they don't they don't really work all right not not according to the bible so you know after reading all these scriptures that use the word dispensation it's very clear that a dispensation it would be a part of god's plan that had been given or had been revealed during a specific time. And there were some things that God shared about the future in the Old Testament, but He didn't reveal them until later. And there's some things that, that are spelled out in the Bible about the future that we're still working on, aren't we? We don't totally get it right now, but one of these days, we're going to get it. One of these days, we're like, but there it is right there. How do we not see that coming? Why, why didn't we see that? Well, God hasn't revealed it to us yet. 
He will one of these days, and I'm looking forward to finding that out. But you know, for but for example, you know, one of the things that God revealed in the Old Testament, I mentioned that they did not understand was the gospel going to the Gentiles, and that's that was a huge thing. We're going to look a little more on that in a little bit. So it's clear God has always had one plan from the foundation of the world, and that's to save the elect. Well, who's the elect? Are those the ones that God picked to be saved? Well, not in the way that many Calvinists teach it. The elect, you could say, are those who believe. It was God's choice to save those who believe. Not those who were good. Not those who were just better than most. It was God's choice to save those who believe. And who can believe? Anybody can. And so, uh, that, it was, that was God's plan. It was God's plan from the beginning, from the foundation of the world, that all would be saved by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That they would all be one. That they would all be in Christ. All those who were saved in the Old Testament, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of them, they all are going to be able to go into heaven by the blood of Christ. Thanks to His sacrifice that He made. He paid for their sins. And they're getting into heaven. The Old Testament Jews are going to heaven by the work of Jesus Christ. Not by the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant didn't save anybody, but by the New Covenant. The New Testament, Jesus Christ. It was His plan that all who would be saved from the beginning to the end would be a member of the body of Christ. We saw in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 10. I want to read that. It says that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, He might gather together in one all things that in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him. God wants there to be one group. All of them in Christ. Okay? Now, here's where there's some huge flaws in what dispensationalists are teaching. And... I mentioned this before last week when I talked about this, but in 2 Timothy 2.15, they think they own this. They think they own this verse because the guy who wrote the Dispensational Truth book also wrote a book called Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth. And so what they do, they'll tell you, whenever you read the Bible, you have to figure out, well, who is it talking to? Is it talking to the Jews? Or is it talking to the Gentiles? Or is it talking to the Church of God? The Bible says, Study. To show thyself approved unto God. A workman that need is not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. How do you rightly divide the word of truth? Well, we've got to figure out how to divide the Bible into parts to figure out which ones apply to us and which ones are talking to the Jews. And so whenever you start showing things, especially about end times and the tribulation and all that, and showing you know, believers being you know, killed by the Antichrist, well, no, 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 that's not for the Christians. That's talking about the Jews. That's talking about the Jews who get saved during the tribulation. Matthew 24. We're going to probably talk about that next week. Matthew 24. That's written to the Jews. you got to rightly divide the word of truth. But rightly dividing the word of truth, that just, that just means not you know, overemphasizing one passage over another. You know, you've got, and there, you do have to look at who he's talking to sometimes. You, know, they, I mean, they're, they're, you do have to look at context. I mean, there's, there's some common sense stuff when it comes to that. But people, what they're doing... They're taking certain books of the Bible and saying, nope, that one's written to the Jews. James. Okay, there's a lot of things that are in James that you all can't necessarily claim because James is written to the Jews. Okay, now I'm talking like dispensationalists now. Now let me prove it to you. Look, turn over to James. Turn over to James right now. Look at what it says in James chapter 1. Those of you, look, look what it says. James, the servant of God. And of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greeting. Who's he writing it to? To the twelve tribes. Are you one of the tribes of Israel? Are you a Jew in here today? We got any Jews in here today? What tribe are you from? If you are, what tribe are you from? This is written to the Jews, to the twelve tribes of Israel. This is not for us. But wait a minute. We don't have time to go into all the scriptures on it. Okay? But. James, if you go, if you look, I believe it's in Acts 11 or 12. James was martyred. Okay? James was martyred in Acts chapter 11 or 12. I can't remember which one it is. He was killed. So, James had to have been written before Acts 12, right? Well, if you read early in the book of Acts, they were only taking the gospel to the Jews. And if you read in Acts chapter 10, 
That's the story where Cornelius got saved. And Peter realizes, hey, God's saving Gentiles too. He's given them the gift of the Holy Ghost like He's given to the Jews. And then we have, they, they have that meeting there in Jerusalem and the apostles are there. Paul was there. And they, they're like, hey, the Gospel's going to the Gentiles too. We need to preach the Gospel to the Gentiles too. It had been, and, they re, and then in Acts, they talk about how this was prophesied. All of a sudden, now God revealed all those Old Testament passages about the Gospel going to the Gentiles. They now understood it and it changed the way they did things. And they gave Paul, it was kind of his job to go to the Gentiles where Peter, he focused more on the Jews. But it's clear... The reason James wrote to the Jews is because that's the only one they were taking the gospel to when James was written. But afterwards, they started taking it everywhere to everybody. And so, you, you can't say James is just for the Jews because it had not been revealed to James yet that what he was writing was for everyone. He had not received that dispensation yet. So, you know, all these people who are all in their dispensational thinking, you know, they need, they need to think about that. So, and that's something you can, you can prove that James was written before that. Not even from history, but just from reading the Bible. So, you know, that's one verse they use. And 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, it says, um, Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Give none offense, neither to the Jews, to the, or to, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Those are the three groups. When you read your Bible, what part is written to you? Well, the entire Old Testament's written to the Jews. Well, the New Testament doesn't technically start until after Jesus dies. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are written to the Jews. And then, you know, you've got James that's written to the Jews. Revelation, even though it's written to the seven churches, well, we know the church aren't going to be here for none of that. So that's actually to the Jews. I mean, we barely got any Bible. You know, that's for us, except for the writings of the Apostle Paul, according to the dispensational truth people. Because what happens when you start teaching what the Bible says about prophecy, that's all over the New Testament, that shows that it is talking about the church, they, they go all crazy and like, nope, that's for Jews. And they've taken away almost all the Bible from us. And it's like, man, what do they have left to preach about? You know, why are we even preaching out of James if that's just for Jews? Oh, well, it's still profitable for doctrine, for reproof. You know, for correction, you know, they, you know, they got, they got their bases covered and all that, but it's, it's really ridiculous. But look at, let's look at the next verse we were reading there in first Corinthians, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved in that verse. When it mentions the Jews, the Gentiles and the church of God, is it saying that we have to figure out which part of the Bible is, you know, or the Bible is divided into those three parts. Does it talk about that at all? No, it's just saying don't offend them. Okay. We, we shouldn't do things that are offensive on purpose. The gospel is offensive enough by itself. The simplicity of the gospel is offensive enough by itself. We don't need to be offensive on purpose. We shouldn't do things. You know, if we're going to go and try to reach a bunch of Jews with the gospel, we shouldn't go giving them tracks with a bacon sandwich. All right. We're just going to offend them by doing that. We don't need to give offense to the Jews. That is not going to help us win them to the gospel, uh, win them with the gospel. So, but people, man, the dispensations, they own that verse too. You got to figure that. How do you get that just from reading that verse right there? That is not what that's talking about. It's just talking about try not to offend these people. And that kind of covers everybody, you know, Jews, Gentiles, church of God. It's not saying you got to figure out, you know, which of the Bible is talking, you know, which three groups is the Bible talking to. So one, and, and we're probably going to cover several things, but I, one tonight that I want to cover because what, once I, again, I, I mentioned how you tell one lie and it kind of leads to others. And most Baptists have not, not ever preached a lot of the junk that's in this book. But in order to try to hang on, now that it's being challenged, many Baptists are trying to hang on to the, you know, the pre-trib, pro-Jew teaching that is very famous. And in order to do that, now they're being challenged, they have had to turn to this book and they're buying into lot I mean, big lies. You can say maybe those first ones aren't that big of a deal. Alright, I'll give you that. Those aren't that big of a deal. But the ones that it's leading to and trying to hang on to those false doctrines are dangerous 
And one of them is being taught, and I have heard this preached in Baptist churches, and that is that there are more than one gospel. There are four gospels. And I don't believe in four gospels unless you're talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I believe in those four gospels, but guess what? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're all teaching one gospel. And right here in this book, I can show you he's got the charts. He mentions four gospels that are taught in the Bible. And I'm telling you, that is dangerous teaching, and that is so easy to prove wrong that it's not even funny. I'm going to show you a lot of script, a lot of scripture on this. I want to try to get to it quickly. But here's the, what the four gospels are. What are these gospels? Well, one is the gospel of the kingdom. This is the gospel that Jesus, John the Baptist, and the disciples preached. But it ended when the Jews rejected their Messiah. But it will be preached again after the rapture and during the tribulation. And they get that because in Matthew chapter, you know, you see in the gospels talking about preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And then in Matthew 24, when it starts talking about the tribulation, it says in verse 13, it says, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. So right there, the gospel of the kingdom is going to get preached again during the tribulation. Why? Because the gospel of the kingdom is not for you. It's for the Jews. And the way you get saved in the tribulation, it's not by grace through faith. You can't take the mark. You've got to endure to the end to be saved. Well, that is faith plus works. And it has never been about faith plus works. And it never will be faith plus works. And say, well, what does that mean? It says, he that shall endure the end shall be saved. We have to endure the end to be saved. And that's just a fact in the dispensational world. You have to endure the end to be saved during the tribulation. Well, there's more than one kind of salvation. There is your soul salvation. And there's physical salvation. You could receive salvation from a fireman. Some of you maybe have received salvation from a doctor. Okay? There's physical salvation. And look what it says in verse 21. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. You know what that's saying? If the tribulation just kept going, everyone would be killed. And everyone would die. But for the elect's sake, those days are shortened. And so, in other words, if you can survive until the end of the tribulation... You'll be saved physically. How will you get saved physically? You're getting raptured out of here. That's what that means. That's a physical salvation, not a spiritual salvation. And so just it's and that's very obvious right there when you just read the rest of the scriptures. But they, they jump on that. And so that's the gospel of the kingdom. And that's a different gospel. And then there's the gospel of the grace of God. That's the second one. This is the gospel that we preach today during the New Testament church age. It is sometimes referred as the gospel of God or peace. Okay? That's the gospel that I'm supposed to be preaching to you. The gospel of the grace of God. The gospel that everybody's been preaching in the churches. That is a different gospel. That is for us. That is for us Gentiles. Yes, a Jew can be saved through that gospel too right now. But, you know... That, you know, and they get it gets real confusing when Jews start getting saved today because you know they're they're supposed to have this other covenant too and it's like you know do we go to the Jews do we not go to Jews we need to go to the Jews with the gospel they that cause this is it is the gospel that we preach is the only hope they will ever have of being saved so in verse and then uh, the third one is the glorious gospel this is the good news of the coming of Christ okay um, you know when we if I if I preach about the rapture. I'm preaching about the glorious gospel. That's a, that's a separate gospel. Uh, I believe that's a part of the first gospel. Uh, the only gospel. But then there's the fourth gospel. That's the everlasting gospel. Uh, this is a gospel preached by an angel during the tribulation before the pouring out of the vials. You see an angel flying through the preaching the everlasting gospel. But this is only good news for the Jews because it's like, wait a minute. That angel is about to pour out judgment on this world. So how is that good news? Well, they say it's good news because it's good news for the Jews. Because God's about to punish all their enemies. Alright? But, here, and we don't have time to read through all that stuff. But 
It's the same, same gospel. Okay, there's only, there's only one gospel. And so, I, if, if you re, I'm not going to take time to read it, but a lot of what I said there was taken from this book. And I'm reading it. I'm like, four gospels, this is ridiculous. And then I'm reading it. And he says, and then there's another gospel too. And I'm like, what? More than four? But no, that, because we all hear this and we're like, well, wait a minute. What about Galatians chapter 1? Turn over to Galatians chapter 1. What about what it says in Galatians chapter 1? Because this is pretty clear right here. Says I mar- verse 6 says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that would trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. You know, if, if I want to please the Baptist establishment, I'm supposed to preach multiple Gospels. But if I please men, I'm not pleasing Christ. So you know what? Then go jump in a lake. All right. But anyway, but I certify you, brethren, that the Gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. So that uh, the, the, they call that this gospel another gospel, which they say it's just a perverted gospel of the grace of God that adds works to faith. But here it says he calls it another gospel, but then he says, "But the truth is, it's not another gospel." Okay, it's people trying to pervert the gospel. He makes it very clear in this passage there is no other gospel, and if anyone comes and tries to preach another gospel. Then let him be accursed. Look at that as though it is coming from a lost person. Lost people will preach about that. Saved people will not do that. And so proof that all the Gospels are one Gospel. Okay? The truth of the Gospel is... It, uh, well, look at 2 Corinthians. All right? I'm going to show you because there's a lot of different names for the Gospel. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. The Gospel of God. The Gospel of the Holy Spirit. Paul will talk about my Gospel. The Gospel of peace. You know, There's a lot of names for it, but it's all the same Gospel. And look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. It says, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit which ye have not received, or another gospel which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. For I suppose that I was not a wit behind the very cheapest apostles, but though I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge, but we have been truly made manifest among you in all things, have I committed an offense in abasing myself that ye might be exalted because I have preached to you the gospel of God freely? Notice the gospel is called a couple different things in here, but notice what he says. He mentions, just like the serpent through his subtlety deceived Eve, you're being corrupted because, or you're being corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Or, be, uh, or you're being corrupted from that. So in other words, one way we can tell what the true gospel is, it's simple. Okay? The plan of salvation is a simple plan of salvation. Anyone can understand it. Anyone can understand the gospel. You don't have to go to Bible college to understand the gospel. You don't have to have a high education. You don't have to have a high school diploma. Anybody can understand the, the true gospel. But yet, notice this multiple gospel things. I mean, who's got, got confused when I was telling you all those different gospels? It's confusing. It's complicated. And many people we see in the Bible are turned away from the truth because of the simplicity. The, you know, the you know, Bible says God chose the foolishness of preaching. You know, Jesus is an offense. He was a stumbling block to the Jews. Why? Because this plan was so simple. Salvation is so easy. And people struggle with that. And the, God, the truth of the gospel is simple. And so where the, the dispensationalist gospels are extremely complicated. It is, very, it is very simple. And some people are getting corrupted from the simplicity. Okay? Not, not because of the simplicity, but they're, being, they're getting pulled away from that and going towards this more complicated thing. And you, you've, got to go, you've got to go to Bible college to learn this. 
You've got to go to Bible college to understand this. And therefore, I think that's pretty good evidence that it's not true. Okay? And it's because God made it simple. In multiple Gospels, it's a teaching of man. It is not a revelation of God. And, and um, so Paul made it very clear. You know, it is not another. But there are some that would pervert the Gospel. It is not another because there is no other. There's no other Gospel. So it can't be another Gospel because there is no other Gospel. And to, you know, to please man... You've got to preach the multiple Gospels. It's the same today. But Paul said, if I please man, I'm not pleasing God. And so, yeah, you're not going to be, you know, I'm not going to get more popular preaching this kind of thing, but I don't, that, that's fine. So while there are many names for the Gospel, it's clear they're all the same thing. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, this is the first time, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the earlier times where we see the Gospel mentioned. But I'm, I'm going to go to a lot of passages here. If you want to try to follow, go ahead. But in Matthew 4.23, it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Then Mark 1.14, Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe ye the gospel. Mark 16, 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Whenever you see the gospel being preached, it's talking about repentance. What does repentance mean? It means to turn from your unbelief, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent and believe the gospel. Okay? And we see that Jesus, John, preached the gospel of repentance. We see, and after Jesus died and rose from the dead, he sent them to all the world to preach the gospel, to preach repentance. We see Peter preaching that in Acts and Pentecost. Um, Acts 15, verse 7. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, ye know that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. Okay? Just like it was taught in the gospels. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. For whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The same thing Jesus taught the Jews, Peter is now saying we've got to teach that to the Gentiles. The Gospel. So they will hear the Gospel and believe. Acts 20, verse 20. Paul says, And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide in me. But none of these things move me, neither count on my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that ye, will, that ye all, among whom I have gone preach, preaching, the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Paul is preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. What's that about if it's just for the Jews? Well, it's because it wasn't just for the Jews. It's the same gospel. Multiple times... Uh, you know, there, here's some example of multiple titles for the gospel, but they're clearly all one. Romans one, uh, we don't have time to read through all this. I, I really wish we did. But Romans one, uh, one through seventeen, it mentions the gospel of God and the gospel of His Son. Okay, gospel of God. Well, that's for the Jews. Gospel of the Son. That's for us. No, it's the same gospel. It's very clear. Read Romans one, one through seventeen. Romans one sixteen mentions that the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Same, same gospel. Romans 15, verse 15, it mentions the gospel of God and Christ. They're mentioned there together. In Romans 2, 16 and 16, 25, Paul uses the term, my gospel. Well, did Paul have a gospel too? Yeah, it was the gospel of Jesus Christ. That he was sharing. It was the same thing. It wasn't a different gospel. That's just, hey, this is what I'm teaching you. He claimed it for himself. And since Paul mentions so many different gospels, Paul mentions the gospel of the grace of God, the gospel of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of peace. Paul mentions all those things. And when he's just talking about my gospel, well, how are we supposed to know which one that was? Because he's talking about all those different gospels. 
Well, we were supposed to know because it was all the same gospel. Just obvious. Romans 2.16, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Romans 10.13-21 mentions the gospel of peace that was rejected by the Jews and accepted by the Gentiles. It mentions that the gospel that the Jews rejected was the gospel the Gentiles received. Well, if Jesus and John the Baptist were preaching another gospel and then what Paul preached then how were they able to receive that gospel? Because it was the same gospel. If the gospel, And so um, Isaiah 52, verse 7 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of Him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace and bringeth good tidings of good, and that publisheth salvation, that saith to Zion, Thy God reigneth. Paul, in um, Romans chapter 10, quotes Isaiah where it talks about good tidings. Which, in the New Testament, it translates that into gospel. Good tidings and gospel are the same thing. Jesus, when He preached uh, liberty to the captives, and He mentions preaching the gospel, He was reading from Isaiah. Isaiah says good tidings. Jesus said gospel. Same thing. The gospel that was talked about in the Old Testament was the gospel that Jesus preached to the Jews. And the gospel that was mentioned in the Old Testament was the gospel that Paul preached to the Gentiles. It was all the same gospel. And so, uh, you know, Acts uh, 10.34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word I say ye know that was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And then jump down to verse 43. It says to give him or to him give all the prophets witness that through his name Whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. The prophets even witnessed what Jesus did, what Jesus preached. It wasn't, it wasn't revealed to them until that time came, but it's showing the consistency throughout the Bible. Down at verse, and then in verse 47, it says, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? This is in Acts chapter 10 when they're realizing the gospel is going to the Gentiles. Just like them. They weren't ready for that. They did not understand that. But God revealed it to them. They're like, why would we treat the Gentiles any different than we're treating us? God's not treating them any different. God is no respecter of person. Turns out, God does the same thing in every nation. And so, let's baptize these folks that are Gentiles. That was before James was written. So yeah, James did. Yeah, he wrote to the twelve tribes. But after that, you don't see it that way anymore because it was, it was to Jews and Gentiles alike. It was always the same gospel, but it was spoken in a mystery. And throughout time, God revealed more and more the truth of the gospel. Romans 16.25. I've got a bunch of bonus verses. I'm not going to go into them. It says, Now, to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. How can you keep something a secret if it's not there? How can you keep? How could God have kept a secret if it was a new plan that He came up with after the Gentile or after the Jews rejected Him? It was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest, and by the Scriptures of the prophets, Old Testament, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Don't let people tell you that this stuff is not for you. That you can learn from the Old Testament. There are things in there that are for you. That God, it, it is all God's plan has been the same from the beginning of time. But over the dispensations, He revealed He revealed more and more. What what you know what uh, qualifies as a dispensation? Well, when they would learn new things about God's plan, 
You could say that that was another dispensation. God dispensed a little more of His plan to people. God dispensed some to Abraham. God dispensed a little more maybe to David or to Moses and then David. And God dispensed a lot more when Jesus Christ came. And then even after Jesus died, He dispensed even more to guys like Peter and Paul. And we now have the completed Word of God that teaches one consistent Gospel. And I... Do this first because some of the things I'm going to be preaching to you in the next few weeks, people will take that and they will say, you can't use that. That's not for you. That was, that's about the Jews. No, that's about us. That's about believers. That, it's about the elect. It's about the saved. And people all the time... They'll, they'll pull things out of the Old Testament. I, I, was, I was reading a book, that a guy, he's referring to Daniel. And he's talking, it's talking about the tribulation. And he's like, you see any mention of the church in there? Well, of course, no, of course not. The church wasn't revealed to Daniel. It was revealed later. And so, yeah, you're not going to see it there. If you ever get it if, uh, in Branson, they've got the Moses play that they do there. Neat play. And it's, it's funny, at the end of the play, when God gives Moses the Ten Commandments, Moses, he gets those Ten Commandments and he's like, you know, Lord, these laws are so holy, your people will not be able to keep them. And, and then God says, you know, I know, but you know, one day I'm going to send my son who's going to pay for their sins and he's going to write my word on their hearts. And while that's all true, God didn't reveal that to Moses. Okay? It worked for the play, I guess, so you know, to help get the plan of salvation in there. But that that was not revealed to Moses. You and I could look back and say, yes, that's exactly what God was doing, but he didn't reveal that to them yet. And we are blessed to live in the day that we do, to have the knowledge that we do, to be to have had the part of the mystery that has been dispensed to us because it's a, it's a fuller knowledge. And so we are very blessed to have that and thank God for it. And so whenever, when, when you're reading the Bible, when we look at some of these next things, they're for you folks. They're, they're about you. Don't fall for this multiple Gospels thing. God's got always had one plan. There is only one Gospel. And so with that, let's all stand together.